Hello and welcome once again to the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm Senior Pastor Team Leader at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. We continue to reflect on some of the great miracles of Jesus and we move on today to a new miracle. I'm going to read Mark chapter 8 verses 22 to 33. Mark chapter 8 verses 22 to 33. As we come to God in prayer today, asking him to be with us as we read his word, think of the quotation from a cross-cultural missionary martyr, Jim Elliot, whose story was popularised by his wife, Elizabeth, and is well worth seeking out. One of his memorable phrases was this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. Let's have that in our minds as we come to God in prayer now. Lord, indeed, someone is not foolish when they give what they cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. Lord, we offer ourselves to you freshly today, We want to press into the eternal life that you offer to us. Life now and life in the age to come. That superabundant, wonderful life that you give us by your grace and mercy. Help us to learn more of it today. Help us to appreciate it better. Illuminate your word to us. Give us eyes to see. In Jesus' name, amen. So Mark chapter 8, beginning at verse 22. And this is an incident where Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. They came to Bethsaida and some people bought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spat on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you? he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. 
He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and rebuked him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Well, I have read those later passages previously in a podcast, actually fairly close to the beginning of these recordings. But I wanted to read them as well as the miracle, because I believe that the miracle offers a commentary on the two things that follow. What is going on here? Well, first of all, we see the amazing power of God working through Jesus. He is the miracle worker. Indeed, he is son of man, but he is also son of God. He has power to deliver healing, and in this we rejoice. But today I want to think a little bit about the meaning of this miracle and put it in a wider context. We see that the miracle has two stages. First of all, the guy sort of sees, but only half sees. He sees people, but they're like trees walking around. And only when Jesus lays his hands on him again does he see everything clearly. And there is a parallel here, I believe, with the disciples. We come to a crucial moment in Mark's Gospel, in Mark chapter 8. It really is the watershed moment in the Gospel. The first eight chapters have really been showing us who Jesus is And the evidence has been building up. Yes, he is son of man, but he is also son of God. He is God himself. The teaching, the miracles, all point in this direction. The disciples have been slow to grasp it. But at last, with Peter as the spokesman, they recognize that he is the Messiah. And as it adds in Matthew's gospel, the son of the living God. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. So the disciples have got it. Or have they? Well, they've got half of it. They sort of see, but they don't yet see clearly. Immediately after this revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, he straight away begins to teach that the Messiah, the Son of Man, and of course he's talking about himself, is going to have to suffer. He's going to die. Indeed, he's going to die a terrible death on a cross. 
And those who follow him must recognize that and be ready to take up their own cross. So the disciples see, but they don't yet see everything clearly, to such an extent that Peter now tries to take Jesus aside and rebuke him. Jesus rebukes him in turn in the strongest possible terms. How are we to take this and apply it to our lives? Well, I guess the question is, do you see? And maybe just to expand on that, do you see clearly? Do you see, first of all, that Jesus is Christ, Messiah, anointed one, son of God? That is wonderful, that is vital, but that's not the only thing. We need to see that he is the crucified God, that he is Messiah, but he establishes his kingdom, as I've said previously, not at the point of a sword, but as the points of the nails are driven into his hands and his feet. The Christian life is a life of great joy, But as we follow Jesus, it is a life of suffering as well. If you are suffering at the moment because you have taken up your cross to follow Jesus, then it's not that anything strange is happening with you. It's not that anything has gone wrong. You are a faithful follower of Jesus, following in the Master's footsteps, following in the way of suffering. So be encouraged and be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So the question today, do you see? Perhaps do you see only half or do you see the whole? Jesus is not only God, but he is the crucified God. We worship him. We give him thanks and we commit together to follow him wherever he leads. Let's pray together. Lord, these are challenging things. Not just Messiah, but crucified Messiah. Not just Son of God, but the one who suffered and died in our place and who bids us to take up our own cross and follow. And yet, Lord, we recognise that this is the life to live and that you are the one to follow. Indeed, as we've already thought, he or she is no fool who gives what they cannot keep to gain what they cannot lose. So, Lord, we offer ourselves to you freshly, recognising now more sharply what this will mean. Take us and use us, we pray, even in these difficult, challenging days, these coronavirus days. Lord, there is suffering, but we want to walk your path There is mission and ministry to be done. And even as we ask for your comfort and strength, we offer ourselves to you once more that you might use us in whatever way you choose. 
we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.